Welcome to The Creative Suite, a podcast about the drive to succeed by charting your own course. We're two creative leaders, business partners, and friends who have a lot to share about starting and growing a business. We're saying no to the grind and the status quo, and yes to building businesses and lives that we love. I'm Nicole. I'm president of my strategic design and digital marketing company, BBN Agency. And I'm Lauren. I'm president of my PR and marketing firm, Queen PR. Together, we are co-hosts of the Creative Suite podcast, as well as collaborative partners at the Fort Creative Suite. We like to say we are two agencies, one roof, unlimited possibilities, offering full-service branding, marketing, and public relations. Hi, friends. In today's inbox, we have a doozy of a question. Are you ready for this, Nicole? Mm. (laughs) Lay it on me. All right. Hold on to your butt. Today's question (laughs) is... What is your experience with imposter syndrome? You never, you never experienced imposter syndrome before, have you, Nicole? Oh, Lord. <laughs> Just what I ever do with my life. Aye, aye, aye. Um, I'm an Enneagram one in a Virgo. So to say that I'm a perfectionist is quite the understatement. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, I think perfectionists tend to fall into the trap of imposter syndrome pretty easily. I don't know about you, but mm. um because of the high expectations that we set for ourselves. So, you know, this is one area that I've been working on a lot in the past year to, you know, try and understand why I feel those feelings and how to overcome them. Cause it's, it's gotten to the point um, where I'm paralyzed by it sometimes. And, you know, when you're running a business, you can't let, you can't let that paralyze you or you're not moving forward. Yeah. People are counting on you to, be moving forward <laughs> exactly you know uh, that little voice gets in your head though and it's saying you know you're not good enough to do this you're not good enough to be here you know and that voice is a loud little bee so, um <laughs> to try and combat that i've opened up um this past year to a therapist um which i can't recommend enough yeah um, I, I, lauren and i have our conversations as well which really helps um so my I guess my advice is if you're feeling imposter syndrome is to one talk through those feelings yes. um, and have people in your corner that are able to cheer you on and drown out that voice that's telling you that you can't do it. You know, once you're kind of able to pull that voice, you can start to reframe things and you can see what you're doing well and what you're doing right. Cause let's, you know, let's face it. Like I wouldn't be where I'm at if I wasn't doing something right. Right. Obviously. Right. So yeah, you're awesome. <laughs> so sometimes it's just about finding somebody that, you know, that you can talk to, commiserate with, whatever, whatever that may be, you know, a coach, a therapist. Yeah. Don't, be, don't be alone in your feelings. And if you can't find somebody to talk to form your own community and um, Lauren and I are going to be expanding our Friday lunch dates to other colleagues and friends because a number of them have expressed just how lonely business ownership is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and we all feel that imposter syndrome sometimes. And so you don't want to sit in your feelings and let them fester. And I, I know I did that for far too long and it's, Y'all, it's not healthy. So no, and I mean, I forget how lucky we are to have each other as biz besties. Um, so yeah, we we want to build a longer table. Yeah, invite people in. Um, so I have a few things to say about imposter syndrome because I have things to say about lots of things. Uh, but first, <laughs> Nicole must we, take. We, 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 I, we both do. That's why we started a podcast. <laughs> uh, we do. We do. We have all the opinions and the judgments. Um, yes. First, of course. Imposter syndrome and I are, uh, we're all pals, but, but, but we are not as close as we used to be. I could probably spend the next hour or so just on this, but for now, dear listener, here's what I've come to realize. And and I would actually like to give credit to 
Glow Tonmo. Um, she's at Glow Graphics on Instagram. She's amazing. Please follow her. Um, she's given me the words to what I was intuitively understanding. And, and she said something to the effect of when you're deep in your feelings about some imposter syndrome, it's it's usually because you're actually leveling up. Mm, um, okay. Yeah. So I don't know about you, Nicole, but when I was first starting Queen RPR and I'd be in, in a meeting and getting paid to be there, that, that <laughs> feeling would just pop up and wash all over me. Oh, oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. They're paying me to tell them what to do. Don't they know I don't know anything? But of course I do know things. I know lots of things. Yes. Yes. And as you build that confidence muscle by winning, winning deals, delivering great services and solving problems and getting that feedback that you're providing exactly what that client needs, that voice quiets down, except until you start leveling up again. Yeah. Your prices go up and people gladly pay you. <laughs> you're standing in front of bigger crowds and eager faces are pointed towards you waiting to hear what you have to say. But then that muscle gets stronger and the imposter syndrome voice is quieter for longer. So if you're feeling like an imposter, remind yourself that it's because you're getting better at what you do and take it as an invitation to work as hard as you can to do the best you can in that situation. And you'll come out on the other side feeling like you deserve to be there. Bam, mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get into this week's advice, let's take a moment to share what's new. Any big lessons this week? Any wins or not yet wins? What are you loving right now? Oh, Lauren. <laughs> well, you're, I mean, yeah. I was going to say my oldest baby's graduating from kindergarten, but yours is too. Yes. So um, our kids are only a few months apart. So yeah. um, I'm just, I'm just so proud of him, you know, considering how hard this year was with virtual learning and math. So I love that this year they're going to get to celebrate. I feel bad for the kids last year. They got shafted so bad yeah. with graduations across the board, you know, yeah. every grade level, but this is, he gets, we get to celebrate him and not just him, but the teachers, God bless teachers. Yes. Oh my gosh. Um, pay teachers more. Yeah. And us as parents, you know, um, it, it's been a rough year and I think everybody is right. glad that we're kind of putting this behind us. So put, take, take a kindergarten teacher off your resume. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not a job I ever wanted to hold. So. No. Um, and it, you know, it, it just makes me so happy and, and I feel so blessed that I've been able to create this business that lets me do virtual learning when I needed to, you know, mm -hmm. like, I, I work, I also, um, I'm his room mom at school. So granted we didn't get to do much this year because of COVID and stuff and can't be, we can't be in the schools, but I love that I get to take the time off to be there for occasions like this, um, without the fear of having P using my PTO yeah. or anything that, you know, stuff from that old nine to five grind that I used to have. So, yeah. And you were his soccer coach this year too, which is like yes. one of the things that it fills me such a sense of fondness about you. <laughs> like thinking of you as a soccer coach. Uh, I, I, I loved it. it. Yeah. That was um, just very much needed this yeah. year. Like I, I loved that bonding time with him and just these little kids who have had it so rough this year. It was so much fun to see them have so much joy, you know, out there playing. So. Yeah. I, I just love that about you. Um, yes. I, my oldest is also, but they're not doing uh, graduation for kindergarten. They actually sprinkle them with greater dust and then they magically turn into first graders. Oh, how cute. Yeah. Yeah. I and, love that. I know. And speaking of not having to work for someone and file PTO, it's a Thursday at 11 15 and I'll yeah. just go for the 15 minutes and that'd be that, you know, it's like, I, I, I get to build my schedule and move stuff around so I can be there for a milestone. I don't want to miss my baby getting sprinkled with greater, no, greater dust. No, no. <laughs> um, 
And also, uh, speaking, this is all a theme, um, but when this episode airs, I will have just gotten back from a week-long trip with the family. It's not a vacation when you have young children, okay? Um, and future <laughs> Lauren, I, I hope you had fun. <laughs> um, but I bring this up for a few reasons. One, we're talking today about building a team um, and being able to take time away from the business. And it's, it's so much easier when you've built a great team around you, regardless of the configuration. Um, and so... You, you know, when I when I go on vacation, sometimes I might bring my laptop and work and sometimes I don't. But I work with great, understanding, supportive clients and team members. And I'm just I'm just really thankful for that today and always. Right. For this week's tip, we want to share what our teams look like and how we made this decision. So I guess I'm going to go first. Um, wow. My views <laughs> on teams have changed over time. It's kind of been a little bit of a roller coaster. Um, when I started out, I was a freelancer. Um, and so I decided to keep things pretty lean because, you know, again, you're by yourself. So I needed to keep overhead low. Um, I needed to build my portfolio outside of the agency job that I had. So I Obviously, I couldn't really afford team members at that point. Um, so after my first year as an official business, um, I couldn't keep up with client work and client relations anymore. So I sought out a part-time team member to help me out in the office. And, and that's when Shelby came in. And Hi, Shelby. She, <laughs> and uh, she helps with administrative tasks like contracts, invoices, uh, design proofs, and you know keeping the clients generally happy. So at the time, she was part-time. She has now grown into a full-time position, and she's a W-2 employee. And I'm going to be honest here. I, <laughs> I made her a W-2 employee out of really just sheer ignorance. Um, you know, I didn't know how 1099 contractors worked. I didn't know that really the differences between them. I wish I would have had this podcast back then. <laughs> um, maybe I would have made a, a, a little bit different decision, but I wanted someone too that could come into the office every day. Um, I, I do like having somebody there, you mm -hmm. know, to bounce ideas off of and all that. So, um, but I've never really had a business mentor. So you're going to notice a reoccurring theme with me in my business journey is I have to learn things the hard way. Um, <laughs> but boy, do you learn. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, and then in year two, um, I really struggle with the idea that you have to grow your business and employee size to be taken seriously. I saw, you know, several other agencies around me that, you know, we started at the same time and they were growing their teams. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I got this like sense of FOMO. And I don't know, I think looking back now, I don't know if it was FOMO because they were getting larger or just this perceived like idea that they were more successful or yeah. what, what it was. But, you know, so I confused, I think, employee growth with growing in projects and doing work that you're proud of and respected for. Right. Um, so then that year, I brought on a part-time designer to help with project overflow. Um, again, another W-2 employee, but within 10 months, um, I just didn't have enough work for him. So I, I learned that maybe W-2 was not quite the way <laughs> to, to go. So I had to let the, him go and... Um, yeah, that, at that point, that's the when I started researching what W-2 employees are, what 1099, 1099 contractors are, and I found at the stage of business I'm in, it just makes more sense to bring in people in the contract capacity. Right. right. You and I actually had a lot of conversations about, well, looking at other people and do we need to have an agency and, 
I think we both came to the conclusion that at approximately the same time as we were driving down I-35 to our retreat that we talked about in the last week's episode of, uh, no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's one thing I've learned over the last couple of years. I mean, y'all, hindsight's always twenty twenty, but um, just knowing that day-to-day management of people is not something I necessarily want to do. I like having, obviously, people there to help me out and being able to, you know, outsource projects, but... I think I'd rather kind of keep things small, keep my head down, keep focused on on the great work that we're doing and not having to be worrying about, you know, HR issues or, you know, whatever that comes with having yeah. a larger team. So uh, There's only two people I'm willing to parent right now, and they are my children. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, so kind of just to give you some insight on the back end of things for on my side, um, Day-to-day, I have Shelby. Like I said, she's W-2. Um, I have Maggie, who is a contractor, and she helps me with uh, social media, content creation, and management. She's been with me about a year and a half now. Um, and I know she also does some work for Lauren. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it, with her, it's been great because she pops into the office occasionally. Um, she lives here in Fort Worth, so she can do that. And so she'll come in and co-work with Shelby and I. And if we have, you know, some serious things to kind of delve into, it's nice to have her there versus over Zoom. But um, she gets to go off and do things in her her time. As long as the work's turned in on time, I, I, I'm, I'm good with it. So um, she's doing great work for us. And, you know, she's really fitting in seamlessly, yeah, which she- I didn't know. A 1099 contractor could be that. So, <laughs> um, you have options. <laughs> you, you do. Um, and then some other contractors. I guess um, I guess Sarah's technically kind of a day-to-day for me. She's my uh, fractional CFO. So um, I pay her on a contract basis every month. Um, and she handles, again, all the bookkeeping and my tax stuff. Um, and then there's Lauren. You know, <laughs> at this point, we are day-to-day. I mean, we always <laughs> have at least one project, I think, going on together. You know, mm-hmm. Lauren is my wizard of words. <laughs> um, so I rely on her to help our clients, you know, with brand messaging. And now... I've off, uh, handed off all copy to her for websites because if there's one thing I do not want to do during the day, it's write copy. So. <laughs> and website wireframes are my new drug of choice. So yeah. <laughs> Again, I am the visuals. She is the one. So. Um, and then I have a few other colleagues that I work with on a project basis. Um, they were from my past agency life and they've all gone out on their own. And so they're kind enough to outsource to me occasionally. So again, we're pretty lean and mean over here. Yep. Yep. Um, so some reading material, um, again, Lauren, Lauren mentioned that a lot of this realization has come and really, God, it hasn't even been a full year. And a lot of it was because it started with listening to the Business Made Simple podcast last year. And, um, Donald Miller had a gentleman on named Paul Jarvis, and he has a book that I'm currently reading called Company of One. And in the book, he talks about how a company of one isn't necessarily being a literal, you know, company of one, but it's, you know, using your systems and your processes to scale your business without scaling employees and resources exponentially. Because a lot of us confuse, you know, success with employee growth mm-hmm. and all these things that, I, again, like I, I've, I think I've been confusing for several years now. And it's time to kind of step back, reevaluate all that and make some 
you know, decisions in terms of how I want to structure my business. It's about building a business, you know, that works for you and your life and how you want to live. So I'm going to link that in the show notes because um, I highly recommend that book. I, I heard that episode and it resonated with me as well. I haven't read the book yet, but I'll, I'll definitely pick it up. Or I'll just give it to you when I'm done. Sounds good. <laughs> you can give me back my Michael Hyatt Free to Focus oh, book. Too. <laughs> okay. you, you, you walk up there and go get it. <laughs> nah. I cannot go upstairs. <laughs> It's all good. You, you finish it. Um, all right. So, so for my team, I, I made a decision early on that I was going to stay as lean as possible for as long as possible. I was coming out of um, kind of an odd in-house situation and I wasn't, honestly didn't have the confidence that this was going to work out anyway. So I didn't want to invest in a ton of team members and infrastructure until I felt like I really had my sea legs. Um, so from the get-go, I teamed up with my mentor and former boss, Paige Hendricks-Russi. Um, shout out page. Uh, she's been a good friend for about 20 years now. Um, we've collaborated on a number of projects since I got started on my own and she's been a very kind and generous referral source for me. And so it made getting started that much easier knowing I, I had a friend and someone I could count on um, and collaborate with um, and make sure I was confident in the value I was bringing right away. Uh, then about six months into running my business, I needed to bring on contract support to help me as I ran media relations for a statewide political campaign. That's a story for another day with lots of margaritas. Um, <laughs> so Lauren, another Lauren, uh, she's a fellow graduate of Rhodes College, go Lynx Cats, um, had moved to Fort Worth and connected with me. And she had a number of skills that made her a, a great first team member. And she continues to help me on client projects today. We love you, Lauren. Yay, Lauren. <laughs> um, of course, you've heard us talk about Nicole and me working together. Um, while I know enough about design to be dangerous, and I can handle some minor things here and there, when it comes to branding websites and creating a series of social template designs for us to run with, it's Nicole all day, all day for me. Um, and I absolutely love when I can bring her into a client relationship and just blow them away with her skills. Like they just didn't, they didn't know how bad they had it until she comes in to shine a light <laughs> and make everything so beautiful. And so I, I always have to be the bad guy. Like <laughs> we've now had several clients basically say like, Nicole said like we suck. And I'm like, I, that is not what I said. I don't know how that is the, inter I don't know how you interpret it that way, but. Yeah, uh, it's funny because I'm I'm being the bad guy. They just don't notice. <laughs> yeah, no, Lauren's bringing in bringing me in to be the bad guy. Yeah, but back, back she's the puppet with the strings in the background. <laughs> A little good cut back up. Um, next, I really needed help keeping up with this ongoing content creation, like blog and social media posts. And through networking and and sheer dumb luck, I stumbled upon Elizabeth. Elizabeth went to Harvard. And then she worked in Hollywood for a number of years and she has her own business, but she wanted a part-time copywriting marketing role to keep those skills fresh and, and to kind of bury her day. And she's fantastic. So I, I continue to do the strategy, the brand messaging, the website wireframes, these releases and PR plan writing. But Elizabeth is clutch when it comes to that ongoing content. The other day she sent me a blog post draft and it's, it's so funny to me. It was a little academic. She had to do some research and synthesize information from a few different sources, like just a pain in the butt, uh, in my opinion, for the time. Like given where I am in business and life right now, it, it honestly would have taken me so much longer because I, of all the things I have to put down in order to do that kind of writing and research. And so she just breezes through it, hands it over to me. And I think, wow. I'm never fretting over content like that again. She can just, she can just do it. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's like, honestly the beauty of outsourcing is finding people to staff your, your, um, 
your what's it weaknesses there we go um and then and then last year um last year was just uh it was hard it was weird and it was hard we were helping our clients in the midst of a pandemic and the and the social justice movements and and all the while i've got two young kids at home and it was a lot um some of the help i'd relied on was was all of a sudden far scarcer because everyone's going through this together everyone's dealing with the kiddos at home and just dealing with the trauma of the of the year so I reached out to Blay, um, which is a virtual assistant company, and they set me up with Carlene. And today, Carlene helps me with business as well as personal projects. And she's just been incredibly crucial to my ability to take my business and my life to the next level. So if, if you ever want to talk about Blay or, or having a virtual assistant, you can email us at hello at thecreativesweetpod.com, and I'm happy to chat with you about my experience. Um, and then we also work with with Maggie, um, especially for digital content like social media content, planning and writing, some blog posts. And she's uh, trying to uh, get. So sorry, I thought I accidentally touched Nicole's boo boo leg. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I would you scream. scream. I sorry. Would scream. <laughs> Yikes. Um, we are uh, podcasting from her couch. Um, anyway, um, so so she's been trying to you know, get into maybe like news releases and things like that. So it's been fun to coach her up and work with her and have her support me while we can um, help her get, get her business going too. And then um, it's been really fun to reconnect with a former colleague, um, Tyson. He's been so fun to work with, especially on media planning and implementation projects. He's such a kind and empathetic person. And he was able to actually do some client liaison for me when I was out of town for a week earlier this spring. And speaking of that time, I've never had such a seamless vacation as I did back in April. My clients were understanding, Carlene, Tyson, and you, Nicole, I kept things moving while it's gone. Reentry was no big deal. It was amazing. I mean, a year or two ago, that would never have happened. I would have worked the whole time I was gone, or I would have had like super horrible pre and post trip work situations with late nights and ugh, no. Uh, so this was, I mean, it was kind of a revelation of, oh, dang. Did you this, take your laptop this time? I took it only because I was worried that due to COVID situations, I might get stranded. Mm. Um, and if I yeah. had to stay there for an extra two weeks, that that would be that'd be no bueno. So, but it just stayed in the the um, safe the whole time. Yeah. Good, good. Yeah, yeah, I know. I thought, oh, I'll do some writing. Nope. <laughs> um, and, save, save, save that for a retreat. Go back to the exactly, last episode and, exactly. and, and listen to our um, episode our 103. Episode 103. <laughs> yeah, three about the retreats and business. Yeah, yeah, no. I, I had it just as a to make sure I didn't have a. Um, a meltdown. And also, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not a brain surgeon, but every once in a while, something sensitive or uh, urgent arises for a client. And I really am the only person who can handle it. Um, and I didn't want to yeah. leave anybody hanging. Uh, um, if I needed to bust out the laptop to help someone through an issue, I I wanted at least the option. So, so I did bring it. Um, and then now we've got someone, our, our final team member at the moment um, is, is a guy named Dan, who's I needed, I finally realized that my, my biggest gap now was that I needed someone to help, um, project manage, uh, some projects. So, and that person needs to intrinsically understand the agency rhythm, like drafts and approval loops and all that good stuff. So, um, Dan was referred to me by some other story brand guides. Um, he was actually one as well. Um, so he and his team are helping us on an infrastructure and like backend technology standpoint and stuff that I'm like, no, thank you. Um, so I'm hopeful that going forward, it'll be even easier for all of us to work together and have a, have a great smooth process. Yeah. All right. So we just gave you a whole 
was a lot. A lot of info. We just on barfed it. on you. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so what's the takeaway? Um, you got to decide how you want to run your business, whether you want W and two employees or 1099 contractors or a combination of both or really neither. Um, the choice is yours. Yep, exactly. I feel like when we got started, the only two options that were modeled to us were a, a solopreneur who does it all, or it has like a super narrow niche or a big agency. So, so that's why we're here today. We want to tell you that you get to decide what will work best for you and your business and your clients or customers. And if you want to ask us a specific question, you can email us at hello at the creativesuitepod.com. Well, that's it for this week. Thanks for listening to The Creative Suite. Do you have a question for us? Email hello at thecreativesweetpod.com or slide into our DMs over at The Creative Suite Pod on Instagram or Facebook, and we'll answer it in a future episode. I'm Nicole. And I'm Lauren. Now go out there and chase your dreams creatively.